us a hand. Thank her for doing that. She really, she always tells me she doesn't like to do the announcements. I always tell her she does a great job, and so I'm so grateful for her and for what she does. And I'm, I'm used to um, the period in between our time of praise and worship and, and this time being infinitely more chaotic as you guys get up around and, 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 and greet one another, and then it, it's, and people say, all right, it's time to be seated, and you ignore us. And, uh, um, and, and so I'm, I'm really, I'm not sure I'm ready for this, but, but God bless you. Thank you for being here uh, today. Again, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Um, hallelujah. Uh, well, last year, I just want to share actually a fairly brief word with you this morning um, and, and, and explain to you a little bit about why we're doing what we're doing here uh, today to kind of kick off the new year. But last year, we very intentionally took several months, and I hope you remember to walk through two related teaching series that we put together. The first one of the two I'm talking about, we called Kingdom Living. And in it, we walked through the Ten Commandments. Do you remember that at all? I thought uh, that was, for me, an exciting study. And we walked through the Ten Commandments in an effort to reveal the heart of God in terms of what He wants, what He has declared that He has longed for from people, from a people, from community in His kingdom. That God wants a kingdom of people who love him and love others. A kingdom of people who order their lives around him and his will. A kingdom of people who give life rather than take it. Who gather often, consistently to worship together as a central facet of their lives. And we followed that kingdom living series with a second series that we called The Kingdom Comes Following Christ's First Followers. And in that series, we walked together pretty briskly through the first nine chapters of the book of Acts. And we did that in order to show very specific examples of what it actually looked like when the very first followers of Jesus actually began to live every day according to those kingdom ideals and those kingdom principles we just studied through the Ten Commandments. And those two teaching series as well as Pastor Matt's sharing with us last week, really set the backdrop and the launching pad for what I want to share with you very briefly this morning, and more importantly, what I pray we walk into and walk through in the coming year. So to get us focused and uh, moving, focused on the Word of God and moving together, would you stand with me, please, in honor of the Word of God? We're going to read together Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. I'll read the plain text if you'll join me in reading the highlighted portions. That way we'll walk through the passage together. Acts chapter 2, beginning of verse 42. This is what the Bible says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord, and you may be seated. I apologize in advance for, for my voice today. I wanted to shout a couple of times during, and actually tried, and it just came out, uh, and there was, there was no, 
there's no shout in my throat today, uh, um, but I wanted to. I thought the, the, the worship was fantastic and just kind of dealing with some things there, but hopefully you can hear and understand me. Last week, Pastor Matt really set us up, in my opinion, for the new year with both a call and a charge. A call to commit to this fellowship of believers and a charge to step out in this new year into the things God has for you to do. And I want to expound very briefly on those two things this morning. First, this very real call to commit to this fellowship of believers. Not a, a, a call to commit, a call to connect, not just to have your name on a roster in some official capacity, but to genuinely connect, to genuinely commit to the local fellowship, to think and talk and live every day like you're a genuine, devoted, meaningful part of this local family of believers. To recognize that just like a piece in a puzzle, you play a unique and crucial role in this family. And things just aren't right if you and your contribution aren't there. If you or your contribution are missing, the puzzle just doesn't look like it should. Last week, Pastor Matt urged you to literally take a piece of that puzzle and keep it with you as a reminder of that commitment. And I wonder who's got, don't, you don't have to show, don't embarrass anyone. But I hope most of you have this with you. And if you don't, I hope you know where it is, and I hope you'll get it and begin to keep it with you. If you weren't here last Sunday, or if you've already lost your puzzle piece, we've got it set up in the, uh, the puzzle, so it looks very much like that, set up in the annex over there by the Christmas tree. And before you leave today, I want to encourage you to take a piece of that puzzle as a tangible reminder that, that you're, you are connected to the people of God in this place. Since last Sunday, I've made it a point to keep this with me most of the time and to pull it out and look at it often. I was visiting yesterday with Diana Shore in the hospital. I very intentionally took my puzzle piece with me just to remind me that I am connected to her. And she's connected to me. We're a part of the body of Christ together. When I worked on this message this week on my computer, I pulled it out and I set it on my, on my computer to remind me that I'm preparing a word for the Lord with the Lord. And I'm preparing a word for you because we are in this thing together. So I want to urge you. It's a fantastic, tangible reminder that you're not just connected to God, but you're connected to the people of God. Uh, the Bible says the very first followers of Jesus devoted themselves. Say devoted themselves. The word in Greek here literally means they made themselves strong towards certain things. And as I shared last fall out of this passage with you, when the Bible begins by saying they devoted themselves, you might naturally assume it's going to say they devoted themselves to the Lord. But that's not what it says. In part, it doesn't say that because that part's kind of a given. It's pretty much assumed they were born again and filled with the Holy Spirit because they had devoted themselves to God. But what so many people miss and what Pastor Matt began to call us back to last week and what I remind us of this morning is that when you really devote yourself to God, you also devote yourself to the things God loves. So after devoting themselves to God and being born again and filled with the Spirit of God, the very first followers of Jesus also devoted themselves to the church. The Bible says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
In other words, they completely gave themselves over to the teaching and the people and the structures of the church. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In other words, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the leaders of the church as those leaders faithfully proclaimed and taught the word of God. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. Not to fellowship in general, but to the fellowship in particular. To the members of the local community of faith. For the very first followers of Jesus, church was not a weekly gathering. It was the community. It was family. It was the people of God to whom you are inextricably connected. It was the people with whom you shared your life, the people with whom you shared your uh, possessions, so much so that the Bible says selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. It was the people with whom you shared your time, the people with whom you shared your worship. Every day, the Bible says, they continued to meet together. You say, thank you, Pastor Billy, we don't meet every day. Uh, they met together every day. Every day they met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They met in large group gatherings like this one. They met in small group gatherings in people's homes, and they shared their lives together. The Bible says they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to eating together in fellowship meals like the one that's been prepared for you this morning that we'll share together in in just a few minutes. And they devoted themselves to sharing together in holy communion, the breaking of the loaf which we will also share together in, in just a few minutes. And remember, oh, it says they also says they devoted themselves to prayer, to praying alone in their prayer closets and to praying together in corporate gatherings. And remember, they didn't just do those sorts of things from time to time when it was convenient or easy. They devoted themselves to these things. They devoted themselves to the Lord and to the things of the Lord, which means they devoted themselves to the church. They saw themselves as a piece of the puzzle. They understood that their part mattered, but they also understood that the point of it all was the larger picture. They were never the point themselves. The larger picture is always the point. They play a vital role in something much bigger than themselves. Let me just mention as an aside, by the way, when it comes to this whole thing of being devoted to prayer, uh, part of our commitment to be committed to one another, connected to one another, and connected to the larger body of Christ, we're part of the LCMC, Lutheran Congregations, the Mission for Christ, and we're going to share together with them this week in three days of prayer with LCMC congregations all over the world. Uh, this Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, January 7, 8, and 9, the LCMC is called for three days of prayer. And they've given a, a theme to each of the three days. And here at Resurrection Church, we're going to observe those days with special prayer meetings in the chapel. This Tuesday, this Wednesday, this Thursday. Uh, the prayer gatherings in the chapel will run from 7.30 to 9. But if your schedule makes the timing of that difficult, feel free to arrive late. Feel free to leave early if you need to. But if you can be present, for whatever you can be present, we'd urge you to come if at all possible. If you would like personal prayer ministry, prayer about personal things going on in your life, there, there really won't necessarily be a lot of time for that in those services. So each of the three nights from 7 to 7.30, we'll have prayer teams available for that purpose. So if you need personal prayer ministry or would like that, 
from 7 to 7.30, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week in the chapel, you can avail yourself of that opportunity as well. The theme of the Wednesday night prayer meeting is petition, and so we're also inviting you to share anonymous prayer requests, and a part of what we'll do on Wednesday night is take those prayer requests, pass them around, break up into groups, and pray over them. You can send those prayer requests to us uh, at the church office, just email the church office, no later than noon on Wednesday, please. Or at your seat, there is a prayer request card. Somebody hold one of those up. Uh, it's not the one with the footprint. It's the other one. Yeah. And if you'd like it, just fill that out today and leave it with us. We'll have baskets or, or, or um, here on the stage uh, by the time we're done. Uh, put it on there. Put it in. We'll get those. We'll pass them out. We'll, we'll pray over them as a family this Wednesday night. I do encourage you to avoid uh, proper names. Uh, if you put proper names on there, we'll black them out. If you send us an email, we'll black out your email address so, so that you just say, you know, please pray for my cousin. She's dealing with anxiety. Or pray for my coworker. He's having a hard time with it. Uh, if you put proper names, just for the sake of, of protecting identities, we will black those out. A few years ago, some of the elders and I went to New York to visit the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We met with their leadership team. We saw their weekly prayer meeting, and that's how they handle this. And we thought, nah, that's a pretty good idea. So anyway, fill those out. Put them on the, ba the basket on the altar after the service or email the church this week, and we'll take care of those this Wednesday night. So there's this crucial call to commitment to this local church fellowship, and then there's also this charge to step out this year in the things of God. And I want to make sure you understand this. Stepping out in the things of God always begins by answering the question, what is God saying to you? I meet every week with a lot of different people. I meet with our church staff. I meet with three different microgroups. I meet with a small group in my home. And one of my commitments for this year, for 2020, is I am going to regularly, as regularly as I can remember, be asking this question. What is God saying to you? What is God talking to you about? What is the Lord telling you to change? What is the Lord telling you to do? And I want to urge you as the people of God committed together as a whole bunch of pieces in one big puzzle to start asking this question of the people around you. What's God saying to you? What's God talking to you about? What's God telling you to do? What's God telling you to change? Now, and, and let's be honest. Uh, the question itself is something of a charge and a challenge and can be irritating. Uh, uh, if you're not really pursuing the Lord very tightly, it's sometimes irritating for someone to say, what's the Lord saying to you? Um, if you don't feel like you have an answer for that. But we will encourage and strengthen each other by asking the question. And we will encourage and strengthen each other, hopefully, by having answers to it. So I want to encourage you to join me in asking this question of one another as we walk through this year. How's God messing up your life? Because I want to promise you, God is actually fairly committed to messing up your life. Uh, not in a bad way, uh, but, but he's absolutely committed to pushing you out of your comfort zone in order to shape you and mold you and change you more and more into the person he's called you and created you to be. And in order to use you to bless and change the world around you. And so, what is God asking you to step into this year? I coach a middle school boys basketball team. This past week, I put in a new offense. And part of the offense, the guy comes up here, pauses for a second, and goes, makes a hard cut around a screen toward the basket. There's a kid on my team, won't tell you his name, but he's amazing. Uh, um, he's, he's really fun. He is as ADHD as anyone I've ever seen. And so, just getting him to figure out what we're doing is just a challenge. And, and, and so, I was putting this play last week, and, and, he, and he got there, and he just stood, and I said, I almost used it now. I said, what are you supposed to do now? He said, cut. I said, that's exactly right. And I swear to you, he did this. And then he ran. And I thought, 
Oh my goodness! He just you know he got he was getting we getting wound up you know building up that you know potential energy and then boom, I don't know but he literally went and then he, and then he made his cut and so we had to talk about that. Uh, um, but I want to tell you I believe with all my heart twenty twenty is the year for us to stop going and actually go somewhere. I think, I, think, I think we've spent some time getting wound up. I think we've spent some time getting pumped up. We've taken two years. I don't know if you've even noticed, but two years to talk about the kingdom of God and the culture of the kingdom of God and the call of God and the purposes of God. And, and we have been sowing and sowing and sowing, and it is now time to start to reap. I believe with all my heart 2020 is a step-out year, and it is a time for us to step out and do something as individuals and as a fellowship. And this is a step-out year. And I am personally incredibly excited to see what the Lord's going to do through each one of us and through us committed together. On your table, there's a card with a footprint on it. And it says across the top, this year I will step out by. And here's my encouragement. Take that card and pray. Uh, you don't have to do anything with it today. Maybe you already know and you're ready to fill it in. Maybe you're not. But take that card and pray. And then when you believe the Lord's shown you some of the things he wants you to step out in this year, write them in that footprint. That's step one. And here's step two. Then take that card and share it with somebody you trust. Somebody who will pray for you. Someone who will push you to stick to that thing you believe God's called you to step out into. Maybe someone in your micro group. Maybe someone in your small group. Maybe you've already got a prayer partner. But take it, fill it in, hand it to somebody and say, will you pray with me? Will you push me? Will you help me step out in this year? What's God calling you to step out into? Maybe he's calling you to start a business. I don't know. Maybe he's calling you to start a ministry. Maybe he's calling you to go on a short-term missions trip. Maybe he's calling you to tithe. You've never tithed. You know you should. You've been afraid. Maybe he's calling you to step out and trust him this year in your tithe. Maybe he's calling you to get out of debt. And listen, I want to tell you, I, I am convinced. If you've got a, a, any kind of a substantial amount of consumer debt, I believe with all my heart God's saying get out of that. Great year to get out of that. Get out of that consumer debt. What's God calling you to step out in? Is he asking you to start a Bible study at school? A Bible study at your gym? A Bible study at your workplace? I don't know what God's calling you to step out in. He doesn't necessarily tell me, but I believe he'll tell you. And 2020 is a step out year for us. I encourage you to do that. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says this. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the grave where you are going... There is neither working nor planning, nor knowledge nor wisdom. Now, the second half of this verse is not very encouraging. It's true, but it's not very encouraging. The first half is super encouraging. And part of the, remember the apostle, we talked about this earlier last year. The apostle Paul said, as long as I live in this body, it will mean fruitful service for me. As long as I am here, God has something for me to step out into. As long as you are here, God has something for you to step into. As long as you are here in 2020, God has something for you to step into. Time to stop doing this and step into the things God has for us, individually and corporately. 2020 is a step-out year. May God bless you. May God bless us. And through you and through us, may he bless this city and this world. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for the power and the clarity of your word. We thank you for your graciousness to us, your love for us, your care for us, your call and your charge to us. Lord, for putting us together in a family uh, to love one another and serve you together in that family and for sending us in the world to love you and serve you there. Help us to be faithful this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.